You're listening to Simple Roots Radio, episode number 220. And today's podcast is how to change your thoughts and your mind to get more energy. Welcome to Simple Roots Radio with Alexa Sherm. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. And now your host, Alexa Sherm. Welcome back to this podcast. As always, my name's Alexa, and this is a place to get healthy, live happy, and find more joy. I'm so pumped that you're here in the midst of this energy series that we're doing all summer long. In fact, this energy series is 10 episodes long, and we're only in episode number two. Now, if you didn't listen to the first episode, you should probably go back there and listen to that one. Not to say that you have to, um, but it does kind of set the stage for why energy is important, what it means, and kind of getting rid of this woo-woo definition of energy and learning to understand that all of life is really energy. And it's what we do with that energy that changes how our body responds, the byproduct, and ultimately what we get out of life. So I hope you loved episode one, and I'm so thrilled that you're here for episode number two in this energy series. Now, today we're breaking down energy and the mind and how we can transform our mind and our thoughts in order to achieve more energy. And the more energy we have, the healthier we'll be and the better the results that we'll see. Like energy is the foundation and leveraging energy, I guess I should say, is the foundation for achieving the results that you want to achieve without ever being fixated or so focused and consumed in the results that you can't see it. So today I'm going to teach you how to uncover the negative thought process, transitioning that into positive without just hacking the brain and truly doing it in a way that works by uncovering our belief system, working at that level so we can see how this all progresses to create an outcome that we desire. Now that's all inside today's show. Don't forget, if you want to learn more about today's episode or this entire energy series, head on over to the show notes at simperitswellness.com backslash 220. While you're there, I would just encourage you to get on the email list because it will keep you up to date on everything you need to know and all of the emails about how I make this practical in my own life. Now, last week I failed to mention, I'm also going to be posting a lot of information about energy on my Instagram and Facebook page. You can find me at Alexa Sherm on Instagram and Simports Wellness on Facebook. And I know that's kind of confusing, so bear with me. Again, Alexa Sherm on Instagram or Simports Wellness on Facebook. Also, if you're loving the energy series, if you want to share it with more people, make sure you just take a screenshot of the episode, share it on social media, send it to a friend in email, or just tell your coworkers and family members in passing. It really is the lifeblood of the show. When you can share it or leave a rating and review on iTunes, that helps other people who wouldn't otherwise simper its radio find it and learn information that could transform their health for the better. So if you wouldn't mind doing that, I would be honored. And if you want to leave a rating and review, you can head over to simperitswellness.com backslash review. Okay, I think that's it uh, for today's announcements. Right now, I just want to get right to the show because energy and the topic of the mind is one of my favorite episodes. Oh, and maybe I should preface this and say, yes, we're going to talk about energy and movement. We're going to talk about energy and your diet. All of those very quote-unquote, nutrition tips are coming up in the second half of the series. But for now, I think it's really important that we address what are the things that are blocking our energy flow. 
Because if we can't understand how we're blocking our energy and unblock that, we'll probably never be able to see the true effects of filling ourselves with energy and the way that food is designed to do that we want to do. This is exactly why um, you hear of people or maybe you are someone who says, "I, I do everything right. I eat really well. I exercise. And I yet I'm not seeing the results that I want to see. Most likely, it's because you have a blockage of energy. It's not to say all those things that you're doing are bad, but it's to say somewhere inside of you, there's a blockage that's preventing this abundant energy source from flowing, allowing that energy that you're consuming and the good energy in which you move to actually have results or actually be a part of the results process. In fact, if we have stuck energy or if we're blocking our energy or we're living at a low energy level, what happens is, is no amount of good things can really come in and fill you up the way that you need to because we're spending so much time exerting energy in a lot of negative ways. It's kind of the negative energy spiral. Once you start to consume your time with negative energy things, like your thoughts, um, it really can spiral and no amount of positivity can override a negative um, energy spiral. It really, really is difficult. And that's why today could be the most important lesson in this entire series. And that's how our thoughts or our mind influence our energy. Now, you've heard me talk about this before, but not specifically in the way it relates to energy. So I want to be really specific about thoughts and energy. But let's be clear about a few things. I think that we all know and kind of understand that we are what we think, right? Like our thoughts create our reality. And it sounds kind of like, well, if you just speak it, it will come true. That's not what I'm saying at all. But to understand this, I think we need to understand how our thoughts happen. Our thoughts are simply based in perception. Now, I guess I should back up a little bit because let's just first identify that the human brain has 50,000 to 70,000 thoughts a day, most of which are happening in the subconscious mind, which are built off of stored memories, our DNA, our belief system, all things we're going to talk about in this lesson. But the other conscious thoughts that we have are based on our perceptions of life. Now, I think a lot of us think that we look at the world around us and what our eyes see, our ears hear, our nose smells, those are the things that go into our brains creating our reality. But the truth of the matter is, is that our senses are simply taking in and absorbing information and your brain is creating the reality based on our perception of of the environment. Again, I'm going to say that again because this is really, really, really important to note. I think it's really easy and most people believe that our senses, our eyes, our ears, our nose, our taste, that is taking in information and creating our reality, right? Like our eyes are taking in light and colors and all of those things and creating our reality, But the truth of the matter is, is that what we see is not our reality. Our perception of what we see is our reality. So our reality is a perceived thought about what we take in. So again, what we take in, what happens with that information once it comes in, is that our body starts to perceive that situation based on our beliefs, based on where we've been before, based on our DNA. All of those things are going to come together to create a perception, which is ultimately creating your reality. 
which means everyone's reality is different. And we can't fully understand specific realities regardless of if the environment is the exact same thing. So let me give you an example of this, right? We, we've, they, they study this with identical twins. And we can recognize that identical twins who are exactly the same biologically speaking can grow up and live radically different lives. And it happens because of the perception. It happens because of stored memories and past experiences. And yes, somewhat of the DNA factor, which they would share identically their DNA. Um, But most of which, again, you can start to understand how past experiences, how stored memories um, all create and their belief system create their perception of reality. And that perception of reality is what's driving them forward and the true creation of what is going to happen throughout their life. So we can see this, right? Another example of this is you could have people who experience the exact same traumatic event, right? Two kids who lost a parent unexpectedly. And in that event that their parents died unexpectedly, you can see one of the siblings, again, who lived in the exact same traumatic situation do something completely different than another person. One could take it and it could ruin their life. It could consume them. That reality could start a whole fire of fear and anxiety in their life. That is a repeated vicious cycle that they live over and over and over again. Where the other person could take that and use it for something good. They can transition that and take a more positive perspective, which again, creates a more positive spin throughout the course of their life. We tend to live in cycles. We tend to cycle and gravitate around what we generally believe to be true. And this is why changing or behavior modification or just thinking differently is nearly impossible. Because when we're living in these cycles, it is nearly impossible with any behavior modification to change that because the cycle that you're living in is created based on belief system. So what I'm saying and the big point in this lesson is that if we truly want to get out of the cycle that we're living in, whether that's one of unhealth or um, a bad view of your body or um, just feeling like you're always sick or living with limited beliefs, whatever it is, right? We have to change the belief in order to change the cycle in which it is our life. So let's just use the example of like positive thinking. This has become a really, really big deal, right? And we've studied a lot about positive thinking and the psychology of what our thoughts are. And I'm not just dismissing this to be true. I think that we can greatly change our perspective of life by simply creating more positive thoughts. The problem with this, though, is hacking into our thought process, just like hacking into our actions, is that they're still both controlled by our belief system. Our beliefs control our thoughts, our thoughts control our action, and our action creates our outcome. So while you can think positively as much as you want, our reality is if that doesn't align with what you believe, your beliefs will always win out and you'll get right back on to that vicious cycle that you've been living in. So let me give you an example of this. (laughs) I um, was confronted about the negativity that had been in my life. Um, And I'll just be honest, I feel like I have, um, based on my life, I have developed a negative perception of life. Generally speaking, I used to live more in the negative than in the positive. And I say used to because I'm no longer doing that. 
or I'm not allowing that to be the repetitive cycle of my life. I'm going to break that cycle. Um, And this is what I want. I want us to get to this place today and just break the cycle. So I was living in the repeated cycle of negativity. Yeah, there were some times that I could be positive, but in positive situations, I would find myself trying to find something negative because it was almost like the positive felt too scary. And so I don't want to say that it was kind of self-fulfilling prophecy, but in a way, I really do believe that I was creating negativity because it felt comfortable. As much as I hated it, and I think this is true for a lot of people, as as much as we hate our weight, maybe there's a safety component to being overweight that keeps us stuck here. So it's the same thing with me and negativity. There was some kind of safety component that it felt safer to live in negativity, positivity that kept me stuck there. So when I was kind of confronted with this fact, I decided that I was going to go through this stint of positivity. And I was going to say all these positive things. I was going to practice gratitude. And don't get me wrong. I think all of that is really, really great. The problem that I saw was after weeks and weeks of practicing gratitude in the morning and, and in the evening, what I found was I still was living in the vicious cycle of negativity. No amount of me hacking into it was truly changing it or what I should say was changing it to make me actually want to do it. What it kind of felt like was it was a constant cycle of me working and forcing and using up all of this energy to get myself out of this negative cycle. And I finally went back to my therapist and I was like, you know, this whole positivity thing is just, it's just not working. (laughs) Like, I'm just not seeing the effects that everyone says that I should have. And we started to talk more and it was simply because the things that I was being positive about, I actually didn't believe. And this is what started this whole process of recognizing how our belief system is the ultimate driver and if we're living in abundant energy or stuck energy. So what I mean by that is I was um, saying all of these positive things. I was saying, you know, whatever it was, right? I was I was creating a gratitude list and all these things I was grateful for and really trying to be positive. But my reality was is that I was struggling with this because I didn't believe that I was worthy of those things. I didn't believe that I deserved those things. I didn't believe that they would stick around. Like I kind of had this belief that I was innately flawed, that I didn't deserve these things, that I wasn't worthy of these things, that um, eventually the shoe would drop and these things would all be taken away. And so what I really believed that Yes, I can be positive, but I know the positive isn't going to last. And therefore, in a sense, I didn't believe in positivity in my life. I didn't believe that I was I was um, capable of positivity in my life. And therefore, it made trying to tap into or hack into that vicious cycle of negativity with positivity almost impossible. Because my underlying subconscious belief buried inside of me that I was innately flawed and I was incapable. Like, this was just who I am. I'm just a negative person. I'm just a fighter. I'm just, like, this is just who I am. Even though I felt deep inside of me, that was untrue as well. But I had created this story inside of my head, inside of my my belief system, inside of my subconscious at some point based on stored memories, based on DNA patterns that have been passed down from generation to generation, that I was innately flawed and that my life was just negative. Like, that's just who I was. And therefore, no amount of me trying to hack into that with behavior modification or changing my thought patterns was ever going to work. In fact, it created more frustration than it was worth. 
This is exactly what I fear for so many people is that the world is just telling you to change your thoughts, to change your behavior, and everything will work itself out. That is a lie because we're living in cycles based on our belief patterns. And those cycles are creating our thoughts and those thoughts are creating our action and those actions are creating our outcome. And just trying to hack into one of those systems without changing your belief system will take mass amounts of energy and leave you feeling frustrated, spent, exhausted, all the things that you don't wanna see. Like think about your diet that told you if you just do these things, you'll experience the results that you wanted to see. Yeah, you might experience them for a short period of time, but over the long haul, why 100% of all diets fail is because behavior modification without a change in belief system does not work. Our beliefs trump everything. And so what this lesson is and why I'm so fired up and passionate is because the missing key in your life is not another system of behavior modification. It's not another train of just positive thinking. What it is is recognizing what it is that you believe. And it's altering and changing that belief system that can support the life that it is that you want to live. You see, I had to recognize that my belief that I was innately flawed was not supporting the life that I wanted to live. It was not supporting the fact that I wanted to enjoy my kids. It was not supporting the fact that I wanted to enjoy my marriage or to have fun in my job or to teach people what it was doing and constantly reminding me was that I wasn't a good mom. I'm not a good wife. I'm not a good business owner. I'm not capable of teaching people. It constantly reminded me that I was never enough. And when you live in the space of never enough, what happens is you work really, really, really hard to get out of a place that you'll never get out of. It's like running with a bungee cord on. If you'll never change your belief system, you'll never make progress. We have to tap into our belief system. And this is what's so important and the very message that will change everything else that we're allowed, every other topic that we're going to walk into. This matters. What you believe is how you think. How you think is what you do. And what you do creates that outcome. We have to get in and understand what it is that we actually believe. And this beliefs, right? This is a dicey subject. And I don't want this to be like, oh, here's another political debate or religious debate. That's not what I'm asking or looking for at all. What I am asking is, what is it that you believe? And is that belief helping you or is it hurting you in life? If it's hurting you, ask if that is good and if that is what was designed to be a belief system. Now, beliefs aren't just religious or political, right? Our beliefs are going to be birthed from a lot of different things. So let's just break down what a belief is. So technically speaking, your belief system is the invisible force behind your behavior. And it comes together with other factors like your personality, your genetic makeup, your habits, and your stored memories. All of this comes together to create the belief system, which is the strongest force that affects any decision that you're going to make. So we have to go back and understand those four categories, right? It's your genetic or your DNA makeup, which I guess inherently we can't change, right? Like you were born with this DNA, but you can change the expression of that DNA. So just because maybe you were born with a belief system that happens to be more negative, you were born with a survival mechanism, we can see mental traits being passed down from generation to generation. This is a side note. Uh, An interesting study that was done 
probably, uh, I mean, obviously they're not doing super ethical things on mice, but uh, it had taken a generation of mice and it had uh, shocked them every time they went to their food bowl or a specific food bowl. And what they found in the next generation is that the next generation shied away from the danger of that food bowl. And they found this exact same trait passed down for four generations. Meaning our body's DNA will sense danger. It will sense different mechanisms of survival and it will alter the DNA so that it's passed down to the next generation, making us more aware of the danger that's at hand. So we can see traits being passed down for what what they say is up to four generations of humans. So let's say, for instance, maybe your grandparents had experienced some kind of traumatic event. That changed their DNA, and when they birthed your parent, that DNA was then expressed in them. And then that DNA was expressed in you, and in some ways, you might also be carrying the belief system or the trauma that was experienced and the DNA from generations ago. Again, this some people consider this generational sins, um, whatever it is. But we do know that DNA passes down some of those things. So it's not to say that you can change your DNA, but you also can be aware of maybe what it is that was passed down. Sometimes just being aware of what you're up against or the belief system that you have can, again, start to help you shape into a true belief system that is actually going to support you in the life um, that you want to live. So your beliefs, um, your genetic makeup, your personality, which has been built over past experiences. So I think your personality is a really good tool to use in uncovering healthy responses to life. You're changing your thought process and your behavior should be based on your personality. But again, this is going to be based on stored memories, experiences that you've had, your formative years. All of that is going to create, again, part of your belief system. And ultimately, again, what it is that you've been taught. So things that you want to learn, right? Like um, our belief in God necessarily isn't in um, our belief in in God or your your perspective of politics isn't necessarily something that was birthed in you in your DNA. Um, some people like to believe that is true, but um, it is something that's been learned. So beliefs also can be learned, which means that they can be formed and they can be changed, right? And so again, what it is that you view about certain situation in life is going to create your belief system and your belief system is going to be the force creating those thoughts and those actions and therefore the outcome. So it really is our belief system and understanding that, taking time to understand what it is that we believe and figuring out, does that serve me well? Now, last week, you kind of understood my story about how I talked about the legalistic side of faith that I was believing in, which completely revamped my entire belief system. So I'm just going to give you that short story again in hopes that it helps you understand how you can start to shape your belief system. So based on my past DNA and my stored memories and all these things, at some point I had learned that my belief system was that one, I was inherently flawed and therefore I must work to be loved. Like if you're flawed, which I mean, obviously sinners, we we all are, right? But if that's your underlying belief system, then you have to work to be loved, to be seen, to be known. So I spent the majority of my life trying desperately to work to achieve something that I thought was going to satisfy me. And this is more of like the legalistic faith, right? That I have to work um, to be loved. 
It wasn't until I really started to grasp the concept of grace that I was loved just as I am, regardless of what I've done, that grace is a free gift offered to us, and that all I had to do was just accept that gift from God. That completely changed my scope, and it really made me recognize that maybe I wasn't innately flawed, that yeah, I I have problems that I can grow in and expand in, but it wasn't that I was cursed by this innate flaw that my life was always going to be a cycle of negativity, which I think was the underlying story that I told myself over and over and over again. And therefore, it felt like I kind of attracted those things over and over again. Anyways, I dove into the concept that I am loved as I am. I'm not perfect This talk is not perfect. Nothing I do today is necessarily perfect, but it is the best version of myself. And I needed that, right? I didn't need the belief system that I just had to work and try to change all these things so that I could be loved, but to really recognize that I am who I am, and today is the best version of myself that I can bring. Tomorrow, it's probably gonna get better because that's all of life. But I am loved as I am, and there's nothing I have to do that will change that. And that belief system, again, completely transformed my image of myself. And it took me from a place of trying to uncover and trying to learn who I was and trying to find myself. Like the world tells you, you know, you just need to find yourself. Like once you find yourself, everything will work out. That thought that I needed to find myself amplified the belief that I was innately flawed. It said, hey, you're not good as you are. You better go to work. Get busy. Put a lot of energy and time and exhaustion living to try and find who you are. And I'm telling you, that's a fear-based way of living that sets you up for failure. What I'm telling you is if we can come to the belief system that you, as you are right now, is exactly who you're supposed to be, you don't need to chase it, you don't need to find it, you don't need to search for you. You, right now, as you are, is the best version. You might not like everything about it, but you certainly can come to a place of love because you know you are loved just as you are. And it's in this place that you're not working to be loved that you can truly open your eyes to just want to live better and to grow and to experience life more. This is a belief system that is worth standing on. Now, I'm kind of off on a tangent and maybe not talking exactly about what I intended to talk about. So let's bring this all back into, okay, what can we do with this, right? The belief system matters. This is extremely important in our life. And it's coming to this place of changing our belief system to something that supports and provides and amplifies um, an unlimited source of energy that truly changes everything in our life. It goes from a place of we're just working to achieve to um, working to grow, to working to be better. Like there is a big difference. And I don't know if I'm clearly making sense on what I'm trying to get across. But if we go again back to the biology of all of this process and understanding energy, our energy is the number one driver of whether we have an abundance of energy or a blockage of energy. And again, I say that because of those vicious cycles that we can get ourselves in or those cycles. Are we in a cycle of being stuck, right? Of negativity, of being fearful, of living in anxiety, and we can't get ourselves out of that? then we know that we're living in a negative cycle that is stealing and robbing energy. Let me give you a little statistic here for a second. Our brain consumes over 20% of our energy in a day. Our thoughts are the number one consumer of energy in our life. 
I don't know if anyone's ever been in an argument before. I would assume if you're human, you have. But sometimes it can feel like you physically ran a marathon, right? Like you can be exhausted by doing nothing. Stress can hit you like a freight train and make every single thing inside of your body ache. Why? Why can we feel so exhausted when we've physically done nothing? Again, it goes to show how consuming and draining our thought process can be. Or on the flip side, how filling and uplifting it can be. Our thoughts are the number one driver of energy because our thoughts are dictating whether our energy shuts down or whether we open up to an unlimited flow. Our our thoughts are dictating the flow of energy, whether it's blocked or whether it's open to flow. And if we go back to the sympathetic, parasympathetic mode that we learned in lesson one, we can start to understand that stress or our perception that something is wrong or something that could go wrong, right? It doesn't even have to be something that actually went wrong. It could be a perception that something might go wrong, the quote unquote, what if statements, will lead to a biological response inside of our body that says we need to start surviving. Anytime our body gets a glimpse that there is a threat that needs a threat, it starts to go into the mode of not feeling safe. And as soon as we don't feel safe or as soon as our inner biology doesn't feel safe, it starts to slow, it starts to hoard, it starts to shut down and conserve, meaning it is blocking energy, you're expending energy, meaning you have even less, and you're gonna feel tired, you're gonna be overweight, you're gonna get sick more, you're gonna have more symptoms, you're gonna be inflamed, you're gonna have brain fog, you're probably gonna be moody and irritable. Not to mention, when you're living in fear, No positive emotion comes from that. So you can start to see how this affects every single thing in our body. And it starts with a perception. And that perception is built off our belief system. Now, on the flip side, we also know that in the parasympathetic state, right, if we have positive thoughts, those are giving us energy. Those are supplying us with energy. Like, I don't know if anyone has ever played like running games with yourself. I call these running games because 100% of the time running is really hard. But in the end result, generally speaking, if I run for the right perspective, it actually is a very energy filling thing. But sometimes when, when, exercise just feels hard, even though I know it actually provides me with energy, which we're going to talk about later. I don't want to use that to confuse you. But when I'm like really feeling fatigued and tired, um, you know, inside my brain, I'm telling myself, you're just so tired. You can't do this. You're not capable. You better just stop and walk, you know, just, just give up, right? Our brain can tell ourselves a lot of things based on our belief system um, that makes you want to do it. So instead, I've started to take those thoughts that I'm having and redirect them. So instead of, and this is what I call my running games, instead of being like, I'm tired, you should quit, your legs aren't working well, I read, I acknowledge that thought. I say, I understand you're tired, but redirect the thought. But I know you are capable of far more than you think you are. And I know that this is actually gonna give you more energy. And I know that you can do this and it's gonna make you feel more uplifting if you just make it, two more stoplights, or if you just make it three more light poles. You can really start to see how you can use your mind for either stopping and blocking or providing more energy. And what happens in those moments when I feel like I'm so exhausted and I remind myself of what I'm capable of, how strong my body is, I get more energy. If I stop and walk, 
I can tell you, uh, or if I give in to those negative thoughts that I'm just not capable, I'm just not a runner, kind of all those limiting beliefs, I block that energy. And even when I try to run again, it feels like someone is holding me back. It feels like someone is strapped on bricks to my feet and I'm just forcing myself to try and take one step after the other. But again, just a simple redirection in thought can amplify the energy, provide the energy to move forward. Our thoughts are extremely powerful. It is our most powerful tool and the only thing in our life that we truly have control over. It's what we perceive life to be. So again, our thoughts are our most powerful tool in either providing energy or blocking energy, which means that we have to be really careful about what we think on a daily basis. And again, our belief system, because our belief is driving our subconscious thought train, which again is acting for the majority of our thought patterns. But we can do this in the conscious realm as well. Like we can be consciously aware of what we're thinking and how it's either benefiting us or hurting us. And I think anytime we have a thought that feels negative, that feels heavy, that feels wrong, Um, Even though it might seem true, it doesn't mean it has to be right for us. So for instance, like looking at yourself in the mirror, what are some thoughts that come up about your body? This is the perfect time to start to tap into how powerful thoughts can be. Because on one hand, if we look at ourselves in the mirror and we think, I don't like what I see, Um, you're just too fat, you need to lose weight, you start literally putting a ceiling on your energy. You start to shut down and hoard and hold off how much energy your body actually has to use to thrive, to get healthy, to go out and live life, to do the things that are actually going to help you be healthy. Limiting beliefs put a ceiling on our energy levels. On the flip side, if you look in the mirror and you're like, wow, like I'm looking good, you know, I'm feeling good. What does that do? It gives you like a pep in your step. Like I know people say that, but it really is true. Like you can feel that energy and you often will translate that positive thought to positive behavior. Again, positive thinking creates positive behavior, which creates positive outcome. Negative obviously does the opposite. And so starting to do some checks, what is it that you're thinking and where is that thought coming from? What is that underlying belief system that you truly believe about your body and how can you start to reprogram that to be truthful? Now, if you've listened to the podcast with Dr. Alexander Lloyd, which I did at the very beginning of um, the year, I think it was like episode 200... Um, definitely probably earlier than that. I'm not sure. But Dr. Alexander Lloyd, look it up on my website. I'll post it in the show notes. But he states that you can't lie to your body. And a lot of people are trying to use their thoughts or just changing their positive thinking, like I talked about at the beginning of the episode, um, in a way, trying to trick your body into submission. And he did a lot of studies and it's really fascinating on the fact that you can't trick your body into submission. You can't lie to your body. And so what happens and what his scope is, is that we need to go back to these past memories, right? To change our belief system, we have to go back into these beliefs or these traumatic events or whatever it is that we believe. And we have to question what it is that we felt. And it's in the feeling that you can acknowledge the feeling, but then redirect it. 
So he used an example that I thought was really profound, and I think that this will help. So he used the example of someone who had a, a, a female who was living a great life. She had kids. She was married to a great man, and she happened to get raped. 100% never should have happened. Traumatic. And I don't want to diminish that at all. But in that process of being raped, she started to create a belief system that she wasn't strong, that she wasn't worthy, she was dirty. So she started to create and label herself based on the trauma someone else did to her. She created a label for that, and therefore she started to act out of that. Her marriage collapsed, she lost her kids, a lot of things spiraled out of control. And through the process of healing, what she tried to do was she just tried to kind of hack into the system. But what Dr. Alexander Lloyd said, no, 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 you have to go back to the the labels that you created to yourself and acknowledge what happened, acknowledge the trauma, but provide truth into that. To say like, I acknowledge the pain that I felt, I acknowledge how scared I was, but this, the, the act that someone did to me does not make me a lesser person. So to go back and to provide the truth, the act that was done does not mean that I'm not capable, does not mean I can't be loved, does not mean I can't help other people who've experienced this, right? Going back in and providing truth, that's what our body needs. Not a series of trying to hack and create lies that our body doesn't believe, but we have to go back and support and to trust and to acknowledge and then redirect that into a positive, truthful way. See, what I've learned from trauma and specifically forgiveness when it comes to our thought process is oftentimes our belief system is stemmed from other people's pain. What I mean by that is I think a lot of the times our beliefs and our thoughts about ourselves came from trauma that was placed on us because of someone else's pain. You see, a lot of us has been somewhere, whether it was, you know, the boy who called me thunder thighs. What I now experience is that what I told myself about that situation and what I grew up believing and that creating a belief system about what I was capable of and what my body should look like, what I now see is that all those lies that I told myself, that I was just thunder thighs, that no one was going to like me, that I needed to lose weight to be loved, all of those belief systems that I created for myself, what I've done is I've gone back in and I've said to that boy that said those things to me, how much he was hurting to say those words to someone else, how much pain he was in to forgive him of that, but more importantly, to say, you are not taking my power. You are not taking my energy anymore. You don't deserve that. Too often, we give the person who traumatized us the power. We become the victim, and in the victim mindset, we set ourselves up to fail because it takes all of our power and all of our energy. Don't give whoever traumatized you or whoever said something hurtful to you the time and the energy that takes away from you truly living to your full capacity, to you truly living to your design and to the purpose and to the reason God set you here on earth right now. Stop giving your power away. Go back into those moments and change the thought, change the label that you've defined for yourself and put truth back into that. You don't have to do it for every stored memory, but you do have to pick a few and the few will start taking care of tons and tons and tons and tons of of memories that were related to that incident. So again, I hope that's kind of making sense. Go back into those labels, to those beliefs that you've created about yourself. Acknowledge that. Don't enable it. Acknowledge it, but then put truth back in. 
say, I acknowledge that this is how I felt, but this is the truth of the matter and stand on the truth. Don't let the person who traumatized you take your power. It is not worth it. And that is the very power that you need to heal. So stop giving your power away. Understand that this has shaped you. It has made you. And that can also be a positive thing. Find the good in the situation. And that is by taking this and allowing it to strengthen you. Again, not supporting and defending the weakest part of you, but strengthening you. And in that strength and confidence comes an enormous amount of energy that will do a multitude of healing. So again, going back in. So your steps in this process, as we kind of wrap up this lesson and the understanding, again, our beliefs are the driving force on whether we're blocking energy or we're living in an abundance. If you feel like after last week, you kind of did this inventory of energy in your life and you realize I am just exhausted all the time, go back into your belief system and start to dig up what is that belief that is driving those thoughts, that you're exhausted, the thoughts that you're stressed, the thoughts that... um rent will always be a problem for you, the thoughts that your finances will always get the best of you, the thoughts that you'll never have a good marriage, that you'll never be able to lose weight. All of those thoughts are considered limiting beliefs. Um, And we can do, the body is capable of far more then we ever give it credit. Plus, if you're a believer, you tap into the unlimited power, the power who created everything. We have the ability to use that power in our life and that abundance of energy to truly thrive and to do things that are far outside anything we could ever think or imagine. But the reality is if we can't get outside of our limiting beliefs that we've placed upon ourselves from some unknown trauma or or memories or things that we've been through, we will never truly walk in the abundance of energy that we were designed. So your homework this week is I want you to go back in and I want you to start to acknowledge your thoughts. I'm not saying that um, you're going to support them, but what I am saying is I want you to acknowledge them. Acknowledge what you feel when you stand in the mirror naked. (laughs) Acknowledge it. I mean, that probably makes some of your skin crawl to actually do that and maybe puts tears in your eyes. Acknowledge it. For the first time, just look at yourself as you are and acknowledge it. See it as good. Not that you have to chase anything to be. See you for who you are right now. And then go back in and acknowledge those beliefs about yourself. Acknowledge the pain that you have. Acknowledge the thoughts that you have. But then the most important part is that If you just acknowledge without redirecting, you're enabling. And that's the definition of enabling, acknowledging without redirecting. So acknowledge, but then redirect that and redirect it to truth. This is how you're going to change. So again, acknowledge, change, or get an accurate perspective. Sometimes this has to come from outside yourself. And again, why I want you to come home to yourself, but again, we have to get outside of ourselves because often we can't create the right perspective for our life. Um, So changing and getting an accurate perspective and then use that to redefine your focus. Where you focus, what thoughts you give time to is what's going to grow. And why I asked last week why so many people are defending and supporting the weakest part of themselves is simply because that's where they're constantly focusing on. If you want to lose weight, stop focusing on the fact that you have a weight problem. This is what is wrong with the diet industry. We have you fixating on the fact that you're a problem. Therefore, you're never going to see the solution. 
And the solution to your problem is not fixating on and giving all of your energy to the problem, but it's coming home to yourself and allowing yourself to experience the abundance of energy. In a way, you are the solution to the problem by changing the perspective that you have, creating a belief system, being founded in truth of who you really were made to be, acknowledging the love, and living that out. Don't give time and energy to things that you do not like because that is defending them. That is allowing them to grow and to be maintained in your life. If you do not like it, stop giving it the time of day. And I know that sounds like harsh and that sounds hard and unrealistic. I understand that that is. That's why you have to go back in and acknowledge the thought, but redirect it. What we know about the brain and the subconscious is the more you fixate on an image or a vision or a thought, the longer you do that, the more likely it is to get compressed into your brain or the more likely that is to to get imprinted in the subconscious. So any thought or image that is repeated over and over again will take an imprint on the subconscious. So we've probably done this with all the things that we fixate on, right? All the lies that we have, those have been imprinted into our subconscious, creating some of these belief systems. If you want to change that, then what you have to do is redirect that focus and fixate there. Put your energy into a new focus, into a new pattern, into your new cycle that you truly believe in. And the more you do this, the more you will imprint that into your subconscious, changing and redirecting the course of your life. An interesting biology note before we, before I um, stop talking for today and let this all sink in is that um, your cells are are responsive to your emotions. So your cells are going to respond based on whether you're having positive or negative responses in the body. Again, parasympathetic or sympathetic, our stress or our relaxed or thrive or survive state. Now, what's interesting about the body is that when we live in negativity, what they found is that cells create receptors for negative responses and positive responses. The more often we're living in a negative cycle, what they found is those cells grow more negative receptors. The positive ones become less and less, meaning your cells have to respond faster and quicker to the negativity, making positivity harder to stick. But what we know about that process is that you can actually retrain that whole thing. Just as your cells can be trained to be more negative, they can be trained to be more positive. Our mind is elastic, our body is capable of amazing things, and our cells are constantly turning over. So meaning the more you imprint positive, benefiting, healthy, loving things into your life, the more your entire body is going to encapsulate that and the easier this process is going to get in time. If you feel like you are fighting life, if you feel like you are fighting health, I challenge you to look at it and think, is this beneficial? Is this process of what I'm doing actually helping? And if it's not, stop doing it. No matter how many people told you it was healthy, if you're fighting it, it is not healthy. What I know is that yes, this process takes discipline, but in the process of discipline, it should also provide some enjoyment, some freedom, and you should really feel energized by it. If you're not feeling energized by it, no matter how many people told you it was healthy, it is not healthy for you. We have to get you to a place of changing your perspective and your thoughts so that you can truly change your life and create an abundance of energy. And in that process, live in health 
forever, like until the end of your days, right? To live in lasting health, that is really what we're going for. So you can change your body, you can change your cells, you can change your brain, and you can do this all by refocusing and giving energy to things that are actually going to benefit you. So again, your homework is awareness. This is the biggest key. And I know that there's no external tracking to this. Um, You can write it down. I started this process with journaling and it really, really helped me. But basically what you want to do is you want to be aware of your thoughts. So um, in the journaling process, like I just wrote down, like here are some things that are bothering me or whatever it is. And then I start to underline kind of the belief system. But even if you don't want to go that far, like just writing down your thoughts, acknowledging them, And then providing that with truth, redirecting that into a truthful statement or into a positive spin. That's what you want to do. Acknowledge, get an accurate perspective, redefine your focus, find ways to add value, add action to that. What we know is positive thoughts are more likely to stick if there's an action incorporated in that. So adding some action in that. And then stay persistent with the cycle. We change our subconscious by imprinting those thoughts, but those thoughts have to be, they have to be repetitive. Okay, so that's a lot, I know. Again, I'm gonna have those those few steps over on the show notes and the blog where you can start to work through this process. It's not glamorous, it's not sexy, it's not fast, and it is hard. I 100% understand that, but... On the other side of doing it comes true freedom. It comes the abundance of energy that you've been looking for, the get up and go, the vision to see life in a different way, the body that you've desired. All of that comes so easily if we can move to the other side and recognize what things are taking our energy and what things are filling ourselves with energy and doing more of what fills us. So I hope that was helpful. I know it's a lot. Again, if you have questions, if you have comments, if you want to know more, email me at alexa at semperitswellness.com. Also, I would love if you would share this with your friends and family. Get them on board. Find some accountability partners to do health in the right way. Not just another system and series of steps that you need to follow, but truly understanding and creating a belief system that is going to support you in the life that you want to live. Now, again, don't forget to go back and listen to episode one because it is important. Next week, we're going to talk about um, energy and hormones. And I think this is going to help be beneficial again in understanding some systems and some biofeedback markers that are really noisy and how those things can help us determine if we're walking in health and abundant energy or if it's being taken away. And we're going to break it down between men and women. So come back next week as we talk about that. Um, But also, again, don't forget to head to the show notes at simperitswellness.com backslash 220 to get more information about today's show. And I'm just going to let that sit in. I'm just going to let that sit here, even though I feel like I need to keep talking because now I'm getting insecure that I haven't fully helped you. But I'm going to let it sit. Sometimes you just need to hear it. Maybe replay this episode again so it can sink in even more. Our thoughts and our beliefs are the driving force. No amount of behavior change happens, at least not long-term, without creating a belief system that supports that. Okay, that's it for today. I'm going to let that sit. I'll see you guys back here next week.